I truly believe that God's call for his church here on earth is for the church to continue to expand. Do you believe it? That the church would continue to push back darkness, that the church would continue to to win souls, to bring people out of darkness and and bring them into the light of Christ, that the church would be able to break through the the gates of hell and, and, and conquer what the enemy has taken from us, we would take it back in Jesus' name, that we would see lives healed, restored and made whole that the church would keep leading the way, that the church would keep moving forward. I truly believe it. I am absolutely convinced of this, that the church will expand. It will continue to expand and that it will progress. Pastor Brennan shared an incredible message last week. I encourage you, if you didn't hear it, catch up online. But we can either progress or we can make excuses, but we cannot do both. And we are called to, to move forward in the things of God. He talked about Caleb, who had a different spirit. When, the, when Joshua and Caleb went and, went and spied out the land, they came back and they had a different report about uh, that, or they, had, they were convinced that they could take this land. They had a different spirit and they were willing to serve and follow God wholeheartedly. The thing is, do you know how God wants to expand his church? He expands his church by expanding us, you and I, because we are the church. And so as God grabs hold of our life and as he begins to challenge us and stretch us, sometimes it feels a little bit, un- a little bit uncomfortable because we have to stretch and we're, and we're challenged to grow. But as he does that, we are expanding. And as we are expanding, the church expands and continues to move forward in Jesus' name. So we're going to go on this journey. And today is Pentecost Sunday. And we are a Pentecostal church. And so um, I'm excited about what God is going to do in this place. We had an incredible time in worship and I really believe the Holy Spirit's already on the move. But do you want to hear about what the Bible says about the church? It says in Matthew chapter 16, verse 18 to 9, this is reading in the message translation. It says this, This is the rock on which I will put together my church, a church so expansive with energy that not even the gates of hell will be able to keep it out. And that's not all. You will have complete and free access to God's kingdom. Keys to open any and every door. No more barriers between heaven and earth, earth and heaven. A yes on earth is a yes in heaven. A no on earth is a no in heaven. Did you hear that? The keys to open any and every door. That is how the church expands in that we push, push into the darkness and God has given us the keys and the tools and the resource to be able to um, break through barriers, break through walls where the enemy has set up camp, where the enemy has put walls and, and he wants to claim people for his kingdom. God's calling the church to expand, be so expansive with energy that we reach in even to the darkest places, even to the depths and we can reach them with the gospel of Jesus Christ. The church is an unstoppable force. Do you know, truly, there is only one thing on this earth that has a future, and that is the church. That is the only thing on this earth that has a future. Everything else will fade. Everything else will be be broken and, and burned, whatever it is. The only thing that will survive is the church of Jesus Christ. The believe, the those who believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he died and that he rose again. That's the only thing that has a future. So we're, we're, we're part of something pretty incredible. We are part of something that is spectacular. Nothing else is like it. And maybe as I'm sharing today and as we've been in worship and we're, you know, 
so encouraged to, to go out boldly into this world and to carry the, the message. Maybe you don't feel like an unstoppable force. Maybe you're sitting there thinking, I don't feel like I can conquer the world. I don't feel like I can do it. Maybe you're feeling a, a little bit flat, a little bit tired, maybe a little powerless. Can I tell you, you came to the right place today. You came to the right place today because we're going to talk and share about the Holy Spirit. It's said, it's, it is said that the average Christian and the average church are somewhere bogged down between Calvary and Pentecost. They have been to Calvary for pardon, but they have not been to Pentecost for power. And I pray that would not be said of this church, that would not be said of you and I, but that we would understand, yes, our sins have been forgiven and we understand the sacrifice that Jesus made for us on the cross, but that we wouldn't stay there, but that we would move forward and that we would understand that not only were we redeemed from our sin, but we've been set free so that we can live a life that is full of power and that the Holy Spirit was given to us as a gift so that we can go out into this world and to share the love of Jesus Christ. So we don't need to do it out of our own strength, but we can be empowered by the Holy Spirit. See, when we are saved, when we put our faith in Jesus Christ, we are given a gift. We're given the gift of the Holy Spirit. That's called the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Every single one of us have that if we put our faith in Jesus Christ. But there is also something called the infilling of the Holy Spirit, where we, be, we are baptized in the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's called, yeah, that's called the infilling. And in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, it says, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And I truly believe there are things that we cannot do in this life that we will, that there are gates that we will not break through without the power of the Holy Spirit. And so this is something I believe that is absolutely key in living a transformative Christian life in following Jesus is that we understand the power of the Holy Spirit and that we receive it. See, the thing is the Holy Spirit, it's not spooky and weird. So let's not make the Holy Spirit spooky and weird, right? Too many people are making the Holy Spirit a really weird thing and it's not weird at all. The Holy Spirit is Yes, gentle and kind, loving. He is our comforter. He's our helper. He's been given to us to empower us to live this life. See, let me try and help you with this. We know that God is supernatural, right? God is supernatural. The problem is that that word supernatural in this day and age, sometimes when we think that word, our mind goes to a place of weird, spooky kind of alien invasion, do-do-do-do-do, like UFOs coming. And that when we think of the word supernatural, sometimes our mind goes there because of what we've been fed through TV and whatever else. But the, try and think of it this way, supernatural, supernatural. So when we encounter God, when we receive the Holy Spirit, the supernatural power of God, we become supernatural. Natural, like we, we enter into our most natural state because do you know, you and I were intended, that's the way we were designed to live with the, like filled with the Holy Spirit. That's our design. So when we encounter God, we receive or we enter into this, our, our most normal, it should be so normal and so natural for us when we're in relationship with the Holy Spirit. Does that make sense? So we're super, supernatural, supernatural about the Holy Spirit, Yeah. Does that make sense? It's like we, 
when we receive the Holy Spirit, it's like we're actually learning our native language. We're actually learning how we were designed to be. We're actually learning what, what, what God originally intended for our lives. We actually discover who we are, we're supposed to be. See, the Holy Spirit very practically and very naturally adds power to our life in a very practical and natural way. Not in a weird, abnormal, out there way, but practically and naturally, the Holy Spirit adds power to our life. Let's have a look at it in Acts chapter 1, verse 1 to 8. It says, In my first book I told you, Theophilus, so that's every one of us today, we're all Theophilus, okay? I told you about everything Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving giving his chosen apostles further instructions through the Holy Spirit. During the 40 days that after he suffered and died, he appeared to the apostles from time to time and he proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive. And he talked to them about the kingdom of God. Once when he was eating with them, he commanded them. Note that. He commanded them. Do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised As I told you before, John baptized with water, but in just a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. He gave them a command. What did he say? Do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift, which was the Holy Spirit. Jesus was adamant. Don't leave without the Holy Spirit. Don't start ministering. Don't start going out on your own. Don't start doing the work of God without the Holy Spirit. He commanded them. He was adamant. You're going to need the power of the Holy Spirit. And in the same way, church, you and I, we are going to need the power of the Holy Spirit if we want to get out there and be effective for for Jesus. If we want to inspire people to live for Jesus, we're going to need to do it by the power of the Holy Spirit. In verse 6, it keeps going. It says, When the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? He replied, The Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for you to know, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. See, the disciples kept asking questions. Is it time? What are you going to do, God? Is is it time now? What does the future look like? How is it all going to come together, Jesus? And they they wanted to know the details. Because the thing is, in in this world, we say knowledge is power. So we want to know information because it gives us this confidence and it gives us this kind of an ego trip almost. We get our confidence and our reliance on what we know. But the Bible says knowledge is not power. The Holy Spirit is power. And so we need to be Christians who are receiving and walking in the Holy Spirit because that's where our power comes from. I love this in, Acts, in the message translation. It says that verse 7, it says, He told them, you don't get to know the time. Timing is the Father's business. What you'll get is the Holy Spirit. So God's saying, actually, I've got something better for you than answers to your questions. What I have, I can supersede that and I actually will give you the Holy Spirit. That is what you need, not 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 to fill in all the details and try to figure it all out. Because what happens is, as I said, we we kind of leach our confidence 
from what we know. And God says, I don't want you to depend on your own understanding. I want you to lean on me. I want you to depend on me. I want you to get your strength from me, your hope and your wisdom and the way that you think and the way that you talk and the way that you act and respond. I want that to come from me, not from just human trying to figure it out. There was recently a story on the news and you probably heard it. It was a, little, uh, a few weeks ago, I think it was, there was a, a gentleman who, whose wife was going into labour and he was not close by and so he and a pilot got into an aeroplane to fly so that he could arrive for the birth of his child. Did anyone hear this story? And he got in the plane and they're mid-air and the pilot passes out. It's just him and the pilot in the aeroplane, right? <laughs> it's like the worst thing that could ever happen. So he's in the aeroplane, the pilot passes out. So this guy, what do you do when you're in that situation? I think he got the, got the instruction manual so that he could work out how to radio the control tower and anyway, got through to the control tower and figured, you know, work that out. And a guy on the other end talked him through how to land the plane and he landed the plane successfully. That's incredible. I just thought that was an incredible story. But this is my question for you today. If you are flying an aeroplane... Would you prefer the instruction manual or the pilot? Which one would you take? <laughs> if you're going to fly a plane, just give me the details. Just give me the information and I'll figure it out. Or would you prefer the pilot who knows how to fly the plane? We would all take the pilot, right? And in the same way, that is like what the Holy Spirit is to us. God says, I've given you the Word, I've given you the Bible and we can lean on that and there's so much, there's principles in that that we can learn from and I love the Word of God. But you've got to understand something, we also have the pilot in the plane who wants to take over, wants to drive for us if we would only just let him. The one who knows what to do would like to do it if we would let him. We've got the pilot. So what is the purpose of the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives? What is it that God wants us to become supernatural at? What is it that God, the, the way that God wants us to live that is so natural and so normal, but it is full of the power of the Holy Spirit? Well, we, we see it in that verse, in verse 8. It says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere. That is one of, if not the most important functions of the Holy Spirit, the, the purpose of the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives is that we would boldly tell people about Jesus. That we would so normally and so naturally, not doing it in a weird kind of spooky way, but that we would so normally and naturally just share and tell people about what Jesus has done in our lives. Because you know what, people can't argue with your experience. They might be able to argue with your theology and put up scriptures and all that kind of stuff. But when you just begin to share what Jesus has done for you, they can't argue with that experience. So God is the Holy Spirit. The, power, the purpose of having the Holy Spirit in our lives is that we would boldly tell people about Jesus. It says in 1 Corinthians 4 verse 20, it says, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. See, too many of us, 
think that it's all about whether we can speak well or not. It's got nothing to do with it. Whether we can speak well has got nothing to do with it. It's about the message that you carry and it's about the power of the Holy Spirit within you. Because the Kingdom of God is not about a matter of talk, it's a matter of power. That when we encounter people, as we share with them, they experience something more than just words. They experience the presence and the peace and the person of Jesus Christ in us. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 2, 4 and 5 says, And my message and my preaching were very plain. Very plain. Rather than using clever and persuasive speeches, I relied only on the power of the Holy Spirit. I did this so you would trust not in human wisdom, but in the power of God. Do you know what I think? If you can't speak good, (laughs) you're actually the best, perfect, most perfect candidate for God to use. God wants to, we think God will only use the smartest and the most talented and the most eloquent and the most confident people. Do we really believe that God is only as good as the people he works with? Do we really believe that God's only as good? He's so good. He is so good that he can work with anybody. It doesn't matter who you are, where you've come from or or the excuses that you'll give. God says, I can use you if you allow the power of the Holy Spirit to move in you and through you. Some of you are thinking, but I but I can't get up there and do what you do. Can I let you in on a little secret? Is that I actually can't either. Without the power of the Holy Spirit, I can't do this either. I, I tell you that. Believe me or not, this is actually, public speaking is actually not natural for me. If you knew me when I was a kid and growing up, the one thing I hated the most in school was doing speeches. I hated it. I got nervous. I got sweaty. I'd muck up my words. I'd do all sorts of things. I still do all those things. But anyway, it's actually not natural for me. But what I realised is when I was beginning to serve God that there's a gift upon my life and that I began to cultivate that and began to use that, that God did something supernaturally that became the most normal and natural thing. But it's not me. I tell you, it's the power of the Holy Spirit within me. And God can do that for you in the gift and the call that He's placed in your life. The most seemingly scary or unnatural thing, God can make it so natural and so normal because it's not by our strength, but it's by God's strength and His power within us. I remember, I remember years ago when I used to preach in youth a fair bit and in young adults and I was preaching in women's a fair bit, but I didn't really preach on Sundays very often. Back then I was quite young and still you know, developing that gift and that call. And I can remember this one week, I knew that I had to do something on a Sunday. I had a message for a Sunday. And so I was preparing during the week, but I also had to preach on Friday for youth. And so I'm preparing this message and I came up with something really good. Like it was good, okay? Like I was like, man, this is a good message. This is so good. So I was like, I don't want to use this on Friday for youth. I want to I keep this for Sunday because it's a good message. I was getting a little arrogant, right? Okay. I thought, this is so good. I'm going to keep, I'm going to save it. And I, and I can tell you this, I remember, I remember it was like the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said this. So you think it's you that comes up with this stuff, do you? <laughs> it was like a slap in the face. <laughs> I went, oh, I see. All right, all right, sorry. I need to humble myself. And I remember I preached the guts out of that sermon on Friday night to those youth. And it was, you know, God moved and I, 
I just really believe that when you submit yourself to God and allow God to use, and as you pour out, He will continue to pour in. What He was teaching me in that time was that, hey, you don't need to hold on to that. There's plenty more where that came from because God is inexhaustive. He is overflowing. He will keep flowing and He will keep pouring into your life if you allow yourself to be used by God. You can do it. You may, we may not all be called to preach in this capacity, but we are all called to share the love of Jesus Christ. We are all called to tell people about Jesus, whether it's in our workplace, whether it's in our school or our university. We are all called to do that. And it should be the most normal and natural thing that we can do because it's just sharing about what Jesus has done for us. And we can share that with others too. There are a lot of other ways the Holy Spirit empowers us. John 14, 26, it says, But when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. So what does the Holy Spirit do? He teaches us and he reminds us. Whatever we have been given in the Word of God, the Holy Spirit's job is to continue to teach that, to make it a revelation, to make it come to the, to, to the fruit of our life, that we would understand it and that we would remember it when we need it. The Holy Spirit teaches us and reminds us. The Holy Spirit also helps us to live as Jesus lived. The Holy Spirit gives us power to live the way that Jesus lived. In 2 Corinthians 3.18, it says, So all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord who is the Spirit makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. The Holy Spirit helps us to become more like Jesus and to live like Jesus here on this earth, to do as Jesus did to love as Jesus loved, to share as Jesus shared, that we are empowered to live as Jesus did. We know in Galatians 5, it talks about the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. When we allow the Holy Spirit to fill us to overflowing, we would operate in those gifts and in the, in the, in the fruit of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit helps us to identify and operate in our giftings, as I was just sharing it. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, you can read about it all there. I won't go into it, but there's different giftings that we've all been given through the power of the Holy Spirit that can unlock freedom in our own lives, but also can unlock freedom for other people if we begin to walk and operate in those gifts. And one of the last things, and this is not an exhaustive, this is not an exhaustive sermon on the Holy Spirit. Can I tell you that? There is so much. This is just like the tiniest little snip, snippet. But the Holy Spirit empowers us to overflow with help, hope, to overflow with hope. Romans 15, 13 says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him, so that you may overflow with hope. By what? By the power of the Holy Spirit. There are things in this life, there are storms that we will only withstand by the power of the Holy Spirit. As He gives, He's an anchor for our soul that we are firm and secure. The Holy Spirit would empower us to hang on to God even when we feel like letting go, even when we feel like we can't hang on any longer, even when we feel like we can't withstand some of the storms that come our way any longer. The Holy Spirit would help us to overflow with hope that we would never lose heart, that we would never lose sight of what God has for us. So how do we live with the power of the Holy Spirit? Well, we position ourselves. We've got to position ourselves where the Holy Spirit can speak to us, where the Holy Spirit can be present with us, having time to be still and say, Holy Spirit, come. Spending time in your Word where the, where, where the Word of God comes to life and the Holy Spirit can bring revelation and inspiration to us. 
being in worship, being in church, being in life group. Position yourself for the Holy Spirit to speak so that you can be empowered to live this life every day. See, can I tell you something, church? It's TV and Netflix and social media do not have power. They don't hold any power. They don't have any power to change you. They don't have any power to bring you hope or to, they might make you feel better for, for a fleeting moment. But it's the power of the Holy Spirit that will give you that substance and that faith and that strength that you need to live this life and to, to outwork the call of God that's on your life. So position yourself to hear from God. Allow room, invite the Holy Spirit. Second thing, second way we can live by the power of the Holy Spirit is we just ask. The Bible says just ask. If you ask, the Holy Spirit will be given to you. Just ask. Say these words. Holy Spirit, fill me with your power. Holy Spirit, fill me with your power. The Bible says, just ask. Just ask God. He's a good Father who loves to give gifts to His children and He will not give you something else. He will give you that beautiful, supernatural, incredibly normal, your intended state of design and living. He will give that to you if you just ask. If you've got a hard conversation or an important conversation that you need to have and you're a little bit apprehensive about it, before you go in, say, Holy Spirit, I receive your power. Say, Holy Spirit, give me wisdom. If you're stressed or you're anxious or there's uncertainty around you and you're not sure what to do and you, your mind is going off, center yourself, ground yourself in the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, fill me with your power. Holy Spirit, fill me with your presence. Come on, we too many Christians are staying in Calvary and thank God our sins have been forgiven. It's fantastic and I love it and praise God, that's something to celebrate. But church, we've been called to live this life of power and strength and might that we would go out and shine brightly in our community that we could bring people into relationship with Jesus. Every time you leave the house in the morning, Holy Spirit, fill me. Fill me, Holy Spirit. Every, maybe, maybe put those words at your door before you leave so you see it every time you open the door to leave and say, Holy Spirit, fill me. Holy Spirit, go with me. Holy Spirit, I invite you in. It's as simple as asking. The Holy Spirit is not a magic fairy or a genie in a bottle. We know that. The Holy Spirit wasn't given to us to help us to do what we want. The Holy Spirit was given to us so that we could learn to do what He wants so we could learn to live the way that God wants, so that we could unlock the re and the purpose that we were here on earth and the things that He wants us to achieve and to the people that He wants us to reach and the people that He wants us to love, that we could do that through the power of the Holy Spirit.